right, welcome to another podcast edition of White Collar Crimes. I'm your host, Ryan Horn. Great to have you aboard. Hope you're safe and nice weather wherever you happen to be. As I record this, uh, we're in a little bit of a little bit of a sleet ice storm. Uh, in fact, they've closed the a lot of the courthouses around there here tomorrow. So no work for me on my day job. So that's always good to have. And, you know, we've had a pretty mild winter here, to be honest with you, in this area here where I'm at. But uh, it seems like every time I record a podcast, we're in some bad weather. You know, last one I recorded, we had a snowstorm moving through. And, you know, we had a winter blast, Arctic blast around Christmas that uh, brought us some dangerously cold temperatures and some snow and whatnot. But uh, overall, you know, the winter's not been too bad here compared to maybe some of the ones in the past. Although next couple days are going to be pretty chilly here. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, where you're at, it's not too bad. But you know, this is a time of year where we can't have some dangerous weather. So uh, wherever you are out there, if you do experience that, be careful and be safe. Well, before I do the podcast, just uh, I, a lot of you tuned in for the uh, one on the Murtaugh murders case that's going on right now in South Carolina. Their trial is still going on at the time I record this. No real updates on that, but as soon as they have a verdict, we will likely do a, another special bonus edition to cover what happens on that because it, it definitely is a white-collar crime case. You have you know all kinds of greed and... Uh, financial crimes that could be tied to these murders and you know a lot of profit uh, as a motive here life insurance cash-ins all that stuff that uh, certainly have elements of white-collar crime and uh, it's a case we are keeping an eye on and if the jury does reach a verdict we certainly will uh, announce that what they have but the episode we're going to do today tonight depending on when you hear this is a, a case that's also been covered on the American Greed Show, and it is the case of Joel Steinger and Mutual Benefits. A local reporter down in uh, South Florida that covered this said Joel Steinger is someone that literally is completely devoid of any redeeming human qualities whatsoever. And after you hear about some of the things he did and was involved in, you're probably going to agree with that. I know I certainly do. And, you know, again, Ponzi schemes are the most common of all white-collar crimes that we cover, it seems like. You know, we have we did an episode, you know, it's been some time back just on, you know, Charles Ponzi, the founder of the Ponzi scheme, how it all got started. And, you know, again, if you're just kind of a new listener and haven't, you know, heard a whole lot about it, it it's really a simple formula, but it's the most common in white-collar crimes, and that is where somebody... Uh, basically gets a, the hot new investment. Everybody's got to cash in, you know, get involved in it. Not cash in, I guess, but get, you know, get your money, get get settled in it, and people buy and they invest. And rather than use that money in investing in whatever this hot new thing is, the scammer lives high on the hog and keeps it for his or herself. And then uh, this works as long as you still have new people putting money in. But as people get suspicious or when people want to cash out their money, then uh, you've got problems because it, when you no longer have enough new investors coming in to pay off the old ones, uh, your, your scam collapses. And that's what always happens on these. Of course, the most monumental, biggest one ever pulled off was through uh, Bernie Madoff. You know, we've done a podcast on him as well. And in that case, 
you know, you're talking $60, $65 billion scammed in that. Now, not quite that much in this, but uh, nonetheless, this case here was also a, a pretty large one. And uh, few in the industry, uh, you know, have been uh, as large in the investment firm that you're going to see here tonight where we talk about the mutual benefits organization, you know. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about what they do here in just a second. But the mastermind throughout uh, this whole scam that went on for, you know, about a decade, you'll see, uh, was a man originally named Joel Steinger, S-T-I-N-G-R. Now, his crimes is were committed in Florida, but Steinger himself was born to a Jewish family in Brooklyn, New York in 1949. Uh, he and his family relocated to Florida during the 1970s, which, you know, wife and I lived in Florida a lot, and there are a ton of people from the Northeast and New York and in that area there that do uh, live in Florida. Some move for good, and then, you know, they have the snowbirds, as they call them, people that just come down there in the wintertime because they don't like the the harsh winters that, you know, New York has. So uh, that's not that unusual, but uh, they moved down there, and... While they were down there, it is reported that Joel, he quickly made connections with mobster Meyer Lansky, who was based down there. Now, you all, I'm sure, recall just two weeks ago, I believe it was, about two or three weeks ago, we did a podcast on Meyer Lansky, the man known as the mob's accountant. And uh, he uh, was at the brains behind a lot of mafia operations, including getting Las Vegas set up and tons of other ones and unlike his counterparts he was not murdered or did not do you know any time in prison maybe did some real short time in jail maybe facing some charges a few times but that was about it and again that's very rare in organized crime because as I said most people end up either dead or in prison and somehow Lansky did not uh, meet those fates you know he was the smart bookman. and of course last week we covered hit the Australian version of it we covered uh George Freeman, you know, who was known as kind of like the Australian Mafia accountant. So uh, the brains behind it. So he quickly made connections with somebody who was really good at uh, organized crime. You know, Lansky was as businesslike as it came in this business, for lack of better words. And down in Florida, while he got settled, he soon opened up what's known as a boiler room. And this is an operation that's set up that sells fraudulent commodities. Usually it's in, a lot of times, just a makeshift location, you know, a garage or, you know, somewhere, a basement or somewhere that's, you know, just where they can just kind of set up shop. And if you've seen the movie The Wolf of Wall Street, you'll know what I'm talking about. This is what uh, Jordan Belfort set up with uh, Staten Oakmont, I think was the name of his company. They set up this basically, you know, some phones in, you know, kind of like a garage or basement, and they started their scam from there. That's what a boiler room is and does, and that's what he started selling. He set up, you know, basically a fake call center to sell these uh, phony commodities. But he did it at a time when a lot of this stuff was popping up and it was on the radar of the feds, a lot of these types of operations, and he was no different. He got caught, uh, quickly received a felony conviction and a ban from the securities industry, which, you know, a lot of these cases we cover on here, that is the fate that a lot of them do get, even though they may not go to prison for a long time or at all. Uh, a lot of them that do get involved in the financial industry do get a ban from the Securities and Exchange Commission where they're not able to, you know, 
be licensed and deal in any types of uh, commodities or stocks or, you know, anything that uh, deals with trading in the financial industry. So he uh, gets that banned, but as we've pointed out multiple, multiple times on this podcast, that doesn't mean somebody is stopped from still doing business as a white-collar criminal because there is no law or ban that can prohibit somebody from working as a quote-unquote consultant. Now, as we all know, as we've talked about in other cases, and it was no different in this one, as you'll see, you know, they continue to pretty much run the entire organization while, you know, a friend or family member with a clean record is the front person that's, you know, does the paperwork and gets the license and appears as the owner or operator. But really behind the scenes, it's the convicted felon con artist that's the, you know, quote unquote consultant that's actually running the show. And that's certainly been the case in a lot of the you know white collar crimes we've covered covered on this podcast and it is certainly going to be the case as you'll see with mutual benefits so he said he's banned he can't work in the industry anymore but as i said that did not stop him from continuing to run scams and one of his big ones you'll see this if you watch the episode on american greed uh, got involved in fraudulently selling diet pizza which to me totally defeats the purpose i you know love pizza you know i mean as i get older i probably shouldn't because you know my midsection can't uh handle it as well as it used to it you know tends to go to my midsection a lot faster you know and expands my midsection a lot quicker than it did in my younger years but uh somebody that is of partial italian descent i i love my pizza but so a diet pizza certainly would not appeal to me in any shape form or fashion but nonetheless uh I uh, <laughs> I don't think that's something I'd go for, but he ran a scam on that for a while and, you know, made a little m- bit of money on that. Um, suppose he was also involved in uh, selling and operating some phony uh, oil wells and rigs in the oil business. And then he uh, sets up Mutual Benefits, a corporation, of course, as a quote-unquote consultant. Now, he also uh, shortened his name to Joel Steiner, and it was reported and rumored to believe the reason for that is to throw off the scent of the feds. You know, he is a convicted felon as Joel Steiner, so therefore he can't, uh, you know, operate. But, you know, the feds may not have on their radar or their trail Joel Steiner. You know, they may think it's a completely different guy, just a short little name change like that. Uh, you know, for a while at least, might be enough to throw the feds off his scent. And that's what he did. Now, this, uh, you know, got him started with mutual benefits, which they, quote-unquote, specialized in buying life insurance policies from people with AIDS, cancer, and other terminal illnesses, many of whom were elderly, which, you know, again, we say it, and I'll say it at the end of the podcast, you know, watch out for your older friends and family members, folks, because uh, these are the ones that are overwhelmingly targeted and unfortunately victimized in white-collar crime. I mean, young people get victimized on these, too, but uh, the sad fact of the reality is the targets and majority of the victims in white-collar crime, sadly, are elderly folks. So, uh, you know, more the reason to keep an eye on them. And, uh, even one of the folks victimized by this, you'll see this in the podcast, was uh, Greg Luganis, the swimmer, the famous Olympic swimmer that uh, contract, contact, uh, contracted AIDS and HIV back in the 1990s. And this was a time, you know, when mutual benefit got set up cashing in on this. 
this was a time when, you know, AIDS was pretty much a death sentence, you know. I mean, a lot of people, you had Magic Johnson who got it around this time, but is still with us now. But, you know, there were other celebrities. I can remember Freddie Mercury and, you know, some others. And, of course, you know, back in the 80s, you had Rock Hudson and some other, you know, Hollywood celebrities. And back when this was a sentence that was passed down, it, it pretty much was a death sentence. Very few people lived very long with that disease back then. And uh, the problem what they did, what Mutual Benefits did, they sold these as quote-unquote participation shares of the policy's death benefits to investors. So, uh, of course, high returns were promised, and uh, they basically uh, were taking this money that was supposed to be going and used for these folks who were expecting to get this money, you know, early, maybe cash in a little bit and have some of this money to get some affairs in order and things before they died. Because, again, this was a time when especially an AIDS uh, diagnosis was a death sentence. But rather than do that, just like any Ponzi scheme, they did not take the money that was invested in people buying, hoping to cash in some of these shares. That's not what happened. And they were taking it. And Mr. Steiner, Steinger, whatever you want to call him, was living in an enormous size mansion in South Florida. And as I said at the beginning, he is a person that really is truly devoid of any human decency or redemption. Uh, if you watch the American Greed episode, this was one of the most really repulsive things I think I've ever seen in a case. But he uh, would troll around a lot and drive and bring his little three- or four-year-old son along, supposedly, to uh, pick up hookers. And uh, when his son turned 13, his gift for him at his bar mitzvah was a prostitute, a hooker, and... The kid lost his virginity at 13 with a hooker. That's his gift from his dad. And, uh, you know, the kid said he felt un very pressured. He didn't really want to do it, but he didn't want to let down his dad. So at 13, he had sex with this prostitute gifted by dad for his bar mitzvah gift. <laughs> Here's your uh, gift, son. It's a hooker. And, you know, I laughed. I talked to my mom a while back. I said, you know, I remember my 13th birthday myself. I think uh, some of my cousins stayed all night. We rented some movies, had some pizzas. This is back in the 80s. And I remember getting a ball glove. You know, it was back when I played a lot of Little League ball. That was the one gift I remember. But, yeah, you know, I, I'm sure like a lot of you, I didn't get that hooker for my 13th birthday. So, uh, very lowly, this guy did that. And, I mean, like I said, to me, you have to be about the lowest of the low to do that. You know, bring your three- or four-year-old son along to pick up hookers. And then on top of that, steal and cheat people that are sick and dying with terminal illnesses. That, to me, uh, I totally agree with this reporter. Uh, Mr. Steiner or Steinger, whatever he's going by at the moment, is a truly despicable person, really truly devoid of any redeeming qualities. And, again, they sold these as, quote, participation shares, the policy's death benefits to investors, high returns promised, and, uh, you know, but they simply were not paying out, taking this money to live for themselves, and people that paid honest money into these policies were getting shortchanged and stiffed. They went on with this for well over, pretty close to a decade, and took in about a billion dollars with a B on this scheme. You know, now again, it's not Bernie Madoff level, but it's up there with, you know, some of the bigger ones. You know, when you start getting into over a billion dollars on a Ponzi scheme, that's, that's no lightweight thing. I mean, anytime you get into the millions, it's a big deal, but... When you get into billion with a B, it, it's high up and it's epic. And that's exactly what Mutual Benefits and Mr. Steiner Steiger pulled off for about a decade. 
And in typical Ponzi fashion, uh, they use the new investors to pay the old ones. But as people start to cash in and get suspicious, you know, the gig is up and, you know, your, your scam collapses. And, of course, that is what happened here in typical Ponzi fashion. Like I said, this is what they did. But the SEC finally did step in as, you know, I'm sure they still kind of had him on his radar, but uh, I do kind of wonder how he got away with this for about 10 years, because from about 1994 to about 2004, this scam was going on before the SEC stepped in and stopped it. But, uh, you know, many people, like I said, Mr. Luganus, uh, you can see more of this on the American Greed episode where he talks about how he was scammed out of this because he bought a pretty, uh, you know, hefty policy. Because, again, when he, you know, got this diagnosis, uh, you know, it was a death sentence. Now, part of the problem mutual benefits ran into on this was that that about in the late 90s and early 2000s, they started coming up with more types of medications to treat HIV and AIDS and, and to allow people to live longer. So it no longer was a death sentence. And therefore, with people not dying and the money not cashing out and coming in, they lost some of their revenue to continue this scam. So really, in my opinion, it wasn't just the SEC that shut them down, but actually uh, modern medicine slash science actually unintentionally shut them down just by developing these uh, extra methods to treat these illnesses. That helped step in and uh, bring this scam to an end as well. Now, at least a dozen in the company, about 12 or 13 all, all together in mutual benefits, were charged and convicted. Uh, Steiner himself pled guilty to conspiracy to commit mail fraud and wire fraud. He himself was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Uh, his attorney went to prison, as did a doctor he had on staff to uh, help give uh, some false, you know, uh, diagnoses and things on some of the patients that were buying these or selling these. Uh, his doctor, uh, Dr. Clark Mitchell, was one that went to prison in this case as well. So there was some justice done, 20 years. Um, i I'm trying to think, I believe, if I recall correctly, 2026 is when Steiner Steiger might be eligible for parole, if I recall correctly. So you're talking, uh, you know, just three years away, he uh, very well could be back out in the streets again. Now he's going to be older, you know, he's in his 70s now, but that's still young enough to certainly run a scam. So, you know, who knows? It, to me, anyone despicable enough to take a three-year-old, three or four year old son out to get hookers or buy your son a hooker for his bar mitzvah that that to me is about as low as you can get that and like I said steal from you know sick and elderly people like he did there there's so anybody that despicable most likely is going to probably do something like that again so I think the feds definitely better keep him on the radar when he gets out well, we're glad you have us. Uh, we have you know you have us on the radar and you're able to tune in and keep us going. Uh, I appreciate had some recent suggestions for shows. Um, you know, keep in mind at any time if there is a verdict reached in this Murdoch case, we will do a podcast on that. Always up for ideas. Uh, please email me at uh, ryanhornvt at gmail dot com if you have some ideas for a show. Uh, like our Facebook page, White Collar Crimes. You know, like our uh, podcast on you know give us the five star review on spotify apple everywhere like that you know very much important and if you have done that thank you so much for helping us you know shed the word and you know shed the light and keep the word going because these are cases that just don't get the attention they deserve and that's what we try to do with this podcast is highlight and spotlight uh white collar crime 
Also, if you need voiceover service, check out my website, ryan-horn.com. Provide that. Uh, got a uh, got another audio book that will be coming out probably in about the next month or so, finishing up another one. Um, so that'll be four had out in the last seven months, so definitely check those out. And there's always some information on the voiceover work on the website. And as always, check out your local pet shelter if you're thinking about adopting your next best friend. They are there and... You know, they'll bring you just so much joy to our life. I know our three dogs and two cats, they're all shelter adoptions, and they've brought my wife and I an enormous amount of joy, and they will you too. And if you can't adopt one, you know, donate your time or money or efforts to help out your local shelter because they need it, and they very much will appreciate it. And as I said a little bit ago, definitely continue to watch out for your friends and family, especially the elderly that are often scammed and victimized in these cases because there are plenty of creeps out there like Joel Steiner or Steiger that are going to uh, scam you any way you can, they can. So we'll be back with a new episode next Tuesday, uh, if not sooner, if we get a verdict on the Murdoch case. But again, thank you for tuning in. Stay safe out there. God bless. Take care, everybody. See you next time.